before we get started this morning, I want to open with a time of prayer. Many of you may know, but some of you that may not know, that this week, uh, Mimi, Deborah Boyette's granddaughter, tragically passed away in a car wreck. And as she'll be going to make arrangements uh, with the uh, funeral service, we'll let you know as soon as we know those. We pray that God give her peace beyond all understanding and a comfort that only He can give. And what I would like to do, Mimi, if you would come forward and sit right here on the front row, I want to surround Mimi and lift her up in prayer. If you would join me at the front while I pray. And I also want to pray this morning for one of our other members, Doris Sintel, who's not here, who's going through a lot. And what I want to do is present this to the Lord because He is the Creator of all things and the One who gives peace and comfort beyond all understanding. So if we could gather around, we're going to pray this morning for Miss Mimi and her family and for Miss Doris Sintel. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to You, Lord, with heavy hearts. God, we come to You and we thank You even though with heavy hearts we have salvation through Your Son, Jesus Christ. God, You did not promise any of us that we would escape any trouble. Death is a part of life, sickness, and many things. And God, each and every one of us that walk this earth, one day, our lives will end. And God, as tragic and as heartbreaking as it is, Lord, we'll also face sickness, cancer, diseases. And Lord, there are things that are on this earth that will ravish our bodies. But God, we are so thankful that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. God, I pray for Mimi this morning that you would clothe her in your arms and hands And as these next days will be tough, Lord, give her the peace that only You can give. We ask for peace for her children, her grandchildren, her family, as this close family grieves. But Lord, they know there's hope found in You. And God, I pray that not only, Lord, that You surround them, but this church body surrounds them because we love this family. God, we pray for Miss Doris this morning who is not here, who has been sick and struggling with cancer of her own. And God, regardless of somebody, whether they're here or they're not, Lord, You have told us we can come before You and pray. And God, I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that the peace that is given through You is the true peace. And that peace given through Your Son, Jesus Christ. God, as we get into the Word, hold Mimi, hold Doris, Lord, that they know without a shadow of a doubt that not only are You around them, but God's people are lifting them up. And we'll give You the praise and glory for all things. And it's in Your Son's Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Absolutely, absolutely. David's going to pray.
Amen. Amen. Isn't it beautiful that the name of Jesus the name of Jesus that all that saves all, sustains all, is the same Jesus of all people. Regardless of where they come from or what language they speak, we can all raise praises to Christ. I wanted to... Uh, Monday... Something unusual happened to me. And I want to say it very clear from this pulpit and everybody hear this clearly. I'm not a prophet nor a son of one. But God laid upon Scripture upon my heart Monday and it was strange. And I said, you know, Lord, why? And I don't know if you've ever had debates with God, but... I've had some conversations and I was saying, God, I don't know why I preached this a while back. I don't know why you'd want me to preach it again. But this text was hard on my heart. So Monday night I struggled with this and I get home and Tiffany had had a rough week feeling kind of bad with some things and she said, Chad, this scripture I've been reading to ask the Lord for His peace and direction and it was the same scripture that God had laid upon my heart that morning, Psalms 27. Now again, I'm not a prophet nor the son of one, but I believe God still speaks. And I believe, now I know the answer why he gave me this text. As we have prayed for Miss Deborah and Mimi and, and Miss Doris, I'm going to stand firm this morning and believe there's some of you who need to hear this text too. You see, it's easy to praise God when things are going good. And it's hard to praise Him when things don't seem so good. I've often think of the time where we've heard that song that's been sung for the past 30 years, the God on the mountain, still God in the valley. 
Oh, how we love to say that, but when reality hits in our times alone, our minds seem to wander. Our hearts are hurt. And this morning I want to talk to you about a psalm of David, Psalm 27. I am not going to get you to stand and, and, and read the whole verse verses with me, 1 through 14. But I want to go through this psalm in several parts. Now, of course, uh, there are scholars that will say they believe that this psalm was two parts. And I've named this sermon Ordeal and Triumph. And, and I'm not going to say whether it is or not. I believe God's Word is solid, it's complete, and God put what He wanted there. But instead of looking at it in two parts, I look at it as a whole because what you will see David going through is no different than it is in the life of the daily Christian. It takes one thing to get our focus off. And we can be having an extremely good day and five minutes later be having an extremely bad one. <coughs> now, there I will go ahead and say as you have heard me say many times, they are none of us immune from trouble. You say, Chad, you say this every week. I don't want you to forget it. Because I want you to understand that in the world that we live in, where people preach what people want others to hear, I'm here to tell you the truth that is found in Scripture, that Jesus Christ Himself said, in this world, we will have trouble. You will lose family members. You will be sick. You will lose money. Everything that you have in this world will either go away or be taken away. But one thing that you can know without a shadow of a doubt is the rock that you need to stand on and it's Jesus Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles as I'm going to go through parts separately of this psalm, of Psalm 27, 1 through 14. And the first verses I'm going to look at is 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, whom shall I dread? When the evildoers came upon me and devoured my flesh, my adversaries, my enemies, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Now I want to stop right there for a few moments. David's on that high. He's on that high. Now I want you to see though that the first couple of verses that will explain the rest of the psalm. We must see this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the one that is the giver of the bright light. He is the true and eternal light that shines forever and ever, who gives salvation. David acknowledges this. It is God who saves. 
So if God saves, who shall you fear? Jesus said very clearly, don't be afraid of the man that can kill the body, but fear the one that can kill the body and soul. Because if God has saved you, they may take your body, but they can't take your soul. Job says very clearly, though you slay me, I will trust in you. It's appointed once for every man to die. And then the judgment. But you don't have to be afraid. The same God that he served and worshipped and knew that true salvation came upon him. Understand this, that even in the midst of this, regardless of what happens, he has no fear. Look what it says. When evildoers, go back to the first three, when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. They host a camp against me. My heart will not fear. Though, though war rise against me, in spite of this, I'll be confident. Think about this for a few moments. I was pondering this all since Monday. And I'm focused and stopped on these three, first three verses. He says, when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh. Does that sound familiar? Let me tell you a story that you'll find in the book of Samuel. Here this shepherd boy is going to take lunch to his brothers. And he hears this man for 40 days coming out and making fun of the armies of the living God. This kid... And as I have discussed several times, of all people who could have stood against Goliath, it was Saul. Because the Bible tells me he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. But Saul was scared. So here comes this little boy bringing lunch. And he hears this. And he gets mad. When's the last time you got mad when somebody started blaspheming the name of God? So he gets up, and he says in our word, well, his words, I won't say what he would say in ours, but let me tell you this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine saying these things about the living God? I'll fight him. Because here's the deal. He went into battle for God, not for himself. Now listen, this is very important. When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, I cannot help but think that when he wrote this, this was in his mind, because what did the Philistine tell him? Come here, boy, for I will give your flesh to the animals of the field and the birds of the air. Remember? God's word has meaning, people. Come on, boy. He said, all right. You come at me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come at you with the name of the living God. And you know what, big boy? I'm taking your head. And he fell. Why? Because he was surrounded by the presence of God. And let me tell you, and be re encouraged. Be encouraged. Re encouraged. Revived in this. Let God fight your battles. Write this down, please, these three points. Reflect on the power of God.
when things seem to be going your way or were they not, you reflect on the power of God. I want to tell you something. You would be surprised there's been times that God protected you. You didn't even realize it. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You're going to have enemies. And they're going to dig in that camp all around you. But the Bible tells me to put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God. God's armor. Not yours, God's. Remember what happened when Saul put his armor on David? It was too big. I don't need this. You give me a couple of stones and a sling, I'll take his head off. Why? Listen to me, people. Too many times when you're in battle, you rely on your own abilities. Got to stop. You rely on God. You reflect on the power of God. Surely, he heard the stories. Surely, David heard the stories of how Moses parted the waters. Surely, he heard the stories of how the ocean collapsed on Pharaoh. Surely, he heard the story of Joshua and the walls came down. Surely, he heard of the manna from heaven. Surely, he heard from the rock that give water. But not only did he hear the word of God, he experienced the word of God. Therefore, he can reflect on the goodness of God. Not only do you need to hear what the Bible says, you need to look and reevaluate your life and see what God's done for you. Reflecting on the power of God. Let's read a little bit further. Verse 4. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble He will conceal me in His tabernacle in the secret place of a tent where He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices and shouts of joy. And I will sing, yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. And be precious to me and answer me when you said, seek my face. My heart said to you, your face, Lord, I shall seek. Let me tell you something. Every one of you need to be seeking the presence of God. The word seek means face. You want to seek the face of God. Let me tell you something that I think that a lot of times we misunderstand. You see, Spurgeon said this when he says in verse 6, my head will be lifted up. There's two reasons, Spurgeon says, why people hold their head down. Fear and shame. Let me tell you something. Do we have shame because of sin? But yes, we have deliverance because of Jesus. Do we have fear because of men? And many times, but the one you need to be fear is Christ. Hold your head up, because he who saved you will sustain you. We've got to understand. Look what he says. Look what he says. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in your house, the Lord, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Psalms 105.4, 1 Chronicles 22.19 then we are to seek the things that are above. How do you seek God's face? You seek heavenly things and not earthly things. So many times in our life when we're going through trials and tribulations, we look for the world to comfort us. 
We think that in financial troubles, we get that one more loan, it'll bail us out. We think that when we go in through problems with friends, we go out and indulge in certain things like alcohol and, and drugs. Well, you know, numb us. But the reality is this. Life goes on. Material things die. Christ is only eternal. Do you seek His face? As David hears in the Old Covenant, and he's looking to the temple, the temple of God that he so desired to build, but he was a man of war. And his son Solomon would end up building it, but he wanted to go into the presence of God. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Let me tell you something. Listen very clearly. You can seek the presence of God. You can seek His presence. You can look to Him. How many times do you seek other things instead of seeking the presence of God? You know, it, it amazes me that even in the midst of trouble now, as you see, He's beginning to change His tune. He's afraid. He has been forsaken. He's been abandoned. He's saying, God, do not do that to me. Do you see God's face in the mountain and in the valley? Do you do it? Do you go to your prayer closet and say, first and foremost, God, reveal to me if I've done something against you. But if I have not, then God, let it be known I will serve you regardless. We look at ourselves first. We explore our inner self to see if we have sinned against God. And when our self has been made right, listen, just because we're in a right standing with God doesn't mean the world's going to roll over for us. I'm so tired of hearing that junk. You're going to have problems. And as I said last week, if anybody preaches a God gospel contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, may him be separated from God. That's me and Chad. Well, Paul said in Galatians, and he meant it. And I have told you, as the words of Adrian Rogers, I am not the best preacher in the world. There are many people who can preach the gospel better than I can. But nobody can preach a better gospel than I can because there is one, and God will use it and honor it for His glory. Seek His face, His Word. Men will lead you astray, but God's Word is forever. Please. He feels abandoned. When's the last time you've been betrayed by friends? I got many t-shirts. I just quit counting them. When's the last somebody let you down? When's the last time you got promoted or didn't get promoted when somebody else did? When's the last time somebody said something and cut you off in the middle of the road for doing nothing but driving? Remember this. We live in a fallen world. People hate the light. You know why they do? Or there's people not being saved left and right? Because men love darkness rather than light. We have to be the light. The one thing I ask that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all my life, behold the beauty of the Lord, and meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will conceal me from His tabernacle. In the secret place of His tent, He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Let me tell you something. God hid David several times through his protection. And let me tell you and be honest with you. There is no greater place to be than the arms of Christ. And he will protect you too. You see, I want to ask you this question. Do you seek him? Do you seek his presence? 
Do you seek His presence in your prayer life? Do you seek His presence in your Word, in the study of the Word? Do you have your prayer closet? Do you have your quiet time? Let me make something perfectly clear to you. You ask a lot of times, and I want to go on this side just for a few moments when the things are going bad. Listen to me. That a lot of times we don't feel God's presence is because we don't seek Him. We think He should just magically show up and deliver us from all our troubles. Let me tell you something. I want to make this perfectly clear too. What you do when you seek God's, when you seek God's face, no matter what you're going through, you ought to cry out to heaven, God, what can I learn through this? It's not, why am I going through this, God? But God, how can I react to it? For in the day of trouble, He will conceal me. The secret place, His tent, He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in His tent the sacrifices, shouts of joy. And I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. And be gracious to me and answer me when you said, Seek my face. My heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I shall seek. And I will not hide. And do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. You hear that? You have been my help. You have been my help. God, do not desert me. God, help me learn from whatever I'm going through. Let me tell you something. One of the verses that rips screaming from its text that drives me absolutely crazy is God causes all things to work for good for those that love Him that is called according to His purpose. Let me tell you something what Paul said in Romans. He is not saying that everything that you go through is going to be roses and candy. The purpose of that is not saying that everything will be good in your eyes. The purpose of that burst is to grow you closer to Jesus Christ. That's the purpose. Because, let me tell you something, Paris Reed had said it very clearly. Why should a man embrace death on the cross? Why should a man identify with Jesus to go down in the tomb and up again? Because it's the only way that God can get glory out of a human being. We're to grow closer to Jesus Christ. And even in times of trouble, you will have those. But here's what I've been saying to you. This is what David's saying when he opens up and says, Jesus, or says, God is my salvation. And we look to Christ. Christ is our salvation. He will save us. But listen, He also, as David says, as Christ says, I will sustain you. I will sustain you. You know, the first time I got surgery, I was nervous. Now, now, you know, it's funny because I talked to the surgeon and said, look, I'm not afraid to go to sleep. I'm afraid of waking up. He said, well, let me tell you something, brother. They don't pay me. They don't pay me to put you to sleep. They pay me to wake you up. Never will forget that. Anybody can put a man to sleep. But they pay me the big bucks to wake you up. That didn't make me feel better. So yes, this man wanted his wife. So I asked for my wife to come in there, and she held my hand and talked to me, Chad, it's going to be okay. Okay, it ain't you here, but if you say so. But all of a sudden, as my grandpa always said, God will give you peace when, he need, when, you, when he's ready for you to have it. It clicked. And as they pushing, as they pushing me down the hall, listen, be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. As I'm singing, people stopping and looking. 
because I could sing praises, because regardless of the circumstances or what may happen during them, God is my rock and my salvation. Amen. And he give me peace when I need it. Do you have that? Do you have it? Because I can promise you, listen, I'm talking to born-again believers here that have identified with Christ and gone down to the tomb and up again. If you are Christ, I promise you, look at this. No matter what you go through, whether it be life and death, God will sustain you. Does it take the hurt away? Absolutely not. But some of us need to realize this, that not men is going to give us comfort, only Jesus Christ, God the Father, is going to give us comfort. And we, I think we all need to learn this. What do you look for to give you comfort? TV? Money? People? Somebody was telling me this week, I think it was at work, maybe last week, I don't know, my memory's kind of shady, shady. But he was telling me the story of how going to Walmart, that TV sales have gone nuts. That all the people are walking out with these big TVs. Why? It's tax time. People getting these refunds this big and are buying something that will give them temporary enjoyment. Now, bar, now bear with me. Because I've waited all year, now I'm going to get back what I give to the government, now I've got something great I can take home and watch. And pretty soon next year when tax time rolls around, I'll get something else. Now don't get me wrong, because somebody's going to go out there and put on Facebook that Chad says he's got a problem with tax refunds. <laughs> it you know, you would be surprised at the text I get, I'm telling you. But you can take your words and just twist them. But what I'm saying is this. When it comes to the end, your money's not going to save you. Jesus Christ will save you. Jesus Christ will sustain you. When you're on the mountain, you praise God. When you're on the valley, you praise God. And let me tell you something. I don't know what it's like to go through what Miss Mimi and some of you have, losing your loved ones. But I know this. I will. If I live long enough, I will. And my heart will be destroyed and be hurt, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I can promise you, listen to me. If any of you sitting here and do not have a relationship with Christ, you listen to me real good. I don't see how people even walk every day without having a relationship with Jesus. Because without a relationship with Christ, there is no hope. None. As whom do you put your trust? Seeking the presence of God, number two. Number three, look. Rest in the provision and the promise of God. Rest in the provision and the promise of God. He says, listen. O God of my... Do not abandon me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Let me tell you something. Rest assured in this. Jesus Christ divides families. His name brings division. And 2,000 years later, His name still intimidates people. Your mom and dad may turn against you, your kids. But I can promise you this, that Christ will not turn against you. For no man shall pluck you out of His hand. Look what he says. Do 
Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me in such as I breathe, as such as breathe out violence. Let me tell you something. The provision of the Lord has given you is a 66-volume book of his word. And he has given you at the point of your salvation the Holy Spirit which will lead, guide, and protect you and sustain you. Let me tell you something. This is what's so beautiful. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know, want to know, you want to know what God will think about something? Read this. You want to know how to combat the world? Rely on the spirit that God has given you. Because I can promise you, greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. Seek his provision that he has given. People tell me so many times, well, Chad, I don't know the Bible like I should. That's your fault. It's not mine. Well, I find it hard to read. Let me... If Christ is in you, your desire will be to draw closer to him. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. If Christ lives in you, you will desire to grow close to him. Why? Because greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. And so, Chad, I have a hard time reading the Bible. Well, get up, verbal thing. I'm not tech smart, y'all can see that. But you know, of all the inventions of the world, I can find anything that will share with me the Word of God. Grow in Him. Don't regurgitate what people say. Grow in Him. Because I can tell you right now, and I want to give you this, and I've given it to you several times, let me show you how powerful the Word of God is. When my father-in-law passed away, in 2010, he was supposed to live three days. He died within one. Because men do not know. God knows. And when my wife is flying from Pennsylvania home, she had these verses to give to my father-in-law. And I know some of you heard the story. If you heard it, you're going to hear it again because I want to reemphasize the point. It was 1 Peter 3 through 9. My favorite verses. And she was going to give them to my father-in-law. She was going to read them to him on his deathbed she was 20 minutes too late. And she never told him bye. And it haunted her. But here's the thing. She said, Chad, I don't understand why God would give me these words to give to my father. And he died. The words wasn't given to your father. They were given to her. God's word will sustain you. Live in it. Breathe it. The provision is found in it. You pray and seek God's face. Said, Chad, I don't have a heart for prayer. Then you ask God for one. And he'll give it. We can spend 20 minutes watching one of our favorite TV shows. 
Yeah, we can't spend five minutes in prayer. Did you know the average pastor spends less than six minutes a day in prayer? Do you seek God's face and his word and on your knees? One thing I've noticed about David and his Psalms, he was a seeking man and he was a praying man. He was imperfect. So are you. But one thing I do know about David is he sought God's face for he knew whom he had believed in and was persuaded that he is able. Remember Paul said that. Do you know who you believe in? But Chad, you don't understand there again. It's just been a rough point in my life. I want you to think about something just for a few moments. How many of you know Seville Martin? Raise your hand. None of you? Let me tell you about Seville Martin. Her husband was evangelist. In 1904, she had went to visit two friends. They were a married couple. One was crippled and one was bedridden for 20 years. But they always had a joyous countenance upon them. And Seville Martin asked them, said, how is it that in the midst of all this you are going through, you have such joy? Well, she said, very clearly, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. And some of you might be familiar with the hymn, Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. That's how. Because Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 10 that he knows about the sparrows. And you're more important than they. And he'll close this psalm when he comes back and he recollects all these things, as he rests in the provision of God, as he sought his face, as he reflected upon his power, he said, for I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. Let me break it down for you. I would have despaired. Unless I had believed. I would have despaired. Unless I had believed. I would have. But he held to the promises of God. That he would see his goodness in the land of the living. Do you know what that means? While I'm alive. Well you may say. Chad. What I'm going through. It don't seem like goodness. Well I can tell you right now. That gold even though it's refined by fire. Your faith is tested. And I can promise you, when you come through the refining process, you will see the goodness of God. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord.
Wait on Him. We've got to get out of the mind of instant gratification. I'm a mechanical electrician by trade, and I know what it's like to work for people who say, I want it and I want it now. It ain't happening. People ask me, Chad, what do you like? Finishing. Listen, God's timing and my timing are different. If everything happens in my timing, I can promise you it'd be wrong. Because I want instant gratification. But God wants His glory. And there's a big difference. Do you despair? Do you realize you're worth more than a sparrow? I bet some of you drove by this morning coming to church, seeing more sparrows than you'll ever know and never paid attention that they was there. Do you know your heavenly Father feeds them? You ever thought about that? As my son and I were doing some things yesterday and we had to go to the store and we walked out and he sees this big bumblebee. <clears throat> and I know y'all hate bumblebees. Here this gigantic bee is. He's a fuzzy wuzzy bee with these little bitty wings. How does he get off the ground? Because your father made him. And as you'll see these little sparrows, you never take into consideration that your heavenly father feeds them just like he feeds you. And you're more important than they. The reason that David can write this Psalm 27 is because not only in the good and bad, he's seen the goodness of the Lord. And regardless of what may happen in his life that we may consider God, or consider bad, God would walk with him through it that he may learn something. And I will close with this. And, and I don't know about any of you, but one thing about one thing that amazes me about Scripture is as long as I continue to read it, I continue to grow in it. Okay? And never, ever, ever grow tired of reading God's Word. And I want you to listen to these words that we've read many times. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 23 which is also a psalm of David. And I'm going to emphasize the pronouns where they belong. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for You are with me. Your rod, Your staff, they comfort me. You Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows because of you. I added that. 
Because I want you to listen to what he said. My cup overflows because of him. Listen. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Brothers and sisters, as you have heard me say, He who saved you will sustain you. I don't know who you are today and what you may be going through, but I believe this message is for you just as much as it's for me, just as much as for anybody. Where are you at in your walk? Are you on the mountain? Are you on the valley? He is worthy to be praised regardless. Chad, you still don't have no clue what I'm going through, but I serve one who does. He will sustain you. He will grow you. He will teach you. Hold Him. Seek His face on your knees. Seek Him in His Word. Long to go closer to Christ. Conforming to His image, you will not be perfect, but your desire will be to grow close to a perfect Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'll do something a little bit different this morning. I want to tell you right now, this place up here has no special healing power. But I want to open up for a time of prayer. If anybody wants to kneel down and pray, you want me to pray with you, I will. Pray for you, I will. Or if you just want to spend time praying with one another, I pray that you seek God's face. Maybe you're here today, and like I said, you're one of God's, you're one of His children but you're struggling, seek His face. Maybe here today, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know when you're going to leave this world, but you can know how you leave it. The Bible tells me, whosoever shall call upon my name shall be saved. Call upon His name. Believe the Gospel. Repent. And He will give you a new nature, and He will transform your life. None of us are promised tomorrow. But what we are promised is to know that when we leave this earth, we can spend eternity with Jesus Christ if we trust in Him. Does He know you? You may sit here today and say, well, I know Jesus. Demons know Jesus. But does Jesus know you? Have you followed Him? Surrendered Him? Believe the Gospel. For there's no other name by which men will be saved. We're going to spend some time in prayer. Feel, just feel to meet with God wherever you are.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come to You this morning thanking You for Your many mercies and blessings and grace. God, we thank You for the opportunity to come before You. Lord, we thank You most of all for Your Son, Jesus Christ, who went to Calvary and paid a debt He did not owe because we had a debt we could not pay. God, I pray for those who are going through whatever they may be going through, that, Lord, you would sustain them. But, Lord, first and foremost, I pray for those who do not have a relationship with you. God, you never promised to take my troubles away. But whatever may come my way, you promised you'd walk with me through it. And, God, I'm encouraged by that because I couldn't make it alone. As the song goes, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. God, I pray for every person that is here today, Lord, that you would touch their heart. That your words would be revealed to them, Lord, that they would grow closer to you. And again, if they do not have a relationship with you, that you would convict it before it's eternally too late. Lord, this life is but a vapor and it's gone. But you are eternal. And yet that that you did not have to do, you give us. And you loved us that yet while we were sinners, your son Christ died for us. God, let us rejoice in you. Let us seek to see you glorified and us used for your glory. God, we pray for that sustenance in our life that we would continually grow in Your Word, grow in our prayer life, grow in our evangelism. The Lord is a growing trend that keeps on growing until the day we called home. Lord, You are worthy of all praised praise. And I pray today that every life in here some way, shape, form, or fashion would be used for Your glory. And we will sing, and we will praise, and we will pray, for you are worthy. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Stand and sing with us, please.